the climax of the activities of the Holy Spirit on earth. Or you can call it the history of the Holy Spirit's activity on earth. Because what I seek to do, though everything is centered around Pentecost, but I need to paint a picture right from the creation to Pentecost, so you know the relevance. In the beginning, Elohim, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, created the heavens and the earth. You see, it's for a good reason that uh, Hebrew scholars call Hebrew the language of God. So one word, Elohim, contains three names. Three entities who together are worshipped as God, as one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now look at verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Hallelujah. Darkness. Void. Empty is talking about chaos. But then the Spirit of God, God the Holy Spirit, was hovering. The word hover there connotes and brings an idea as chickens lay on their eggs. Incubation was taking place. And at time, can I pause here to tell you, even in your chaos life, if you are very observant, you realize that the only thing, the only reason you have not imploded or exploded is because somebody has been holding you together. You may not know him, but he knows you. Many a time, we are driven at the edge, and others think that we will break down and vamoose or dissipate into the atmosphere. But somewhere, somehow, we keep our sanity together. It's like the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. So that was the first reference of God on earth. The Elohim were outside the earth and the heavens. As a matter of fact, in a way, and were also inside. The heavens and the earth was within them. But one of them had to manifest himself, so the whole genesis of history, the first God who stepped out was God the Holy Spirit, to incubate, to prepare, to nurture the world for the world. Say, God the Holy Spirit is the natural. He nurtures the world for the world. The world for the world. The world for the world. For without the world being nurtured, the world cannot work. The second time 
throughout the history of creation. The second time the Holy Spirit came on the scene in the Bible, the name was mentioned, is Genesis chapter 6. It actually happened in verse 3. But to bring it situated, let's read verse 1, 2, and 3. When men began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw the daughters of men were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Verse 3. Then the Lord, Jehovah, said, My spirit will not contend with men, with man forever, for he is mortal in his days. And I will take it again. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be a hundred and twenty, hundred and twenty years. This is the second reference of the Holy Spirit in Genesis. The first was in anticipation of order and wonder. This second is in anticipation of destruction. So God said, my spirit will no more wrestle. My spirit will no more continue to strive. My spirit will no more try to wrestle with man. And because of this, I'm reducing the years of that man to 120. This is the second reference. So between order and wonder, the Spirit of God has been working. And now we hear of him versus the strength of man. And God is saying, I will no more strive with man. My spirit will no more do that. After that, you hear of the sons, the nothings, and all kinds of people at work. So say the Spirit of God was present and actually created the world. But it was the first among the gods within the triune God that stepped in creation in anticipation for order and wonder. For your life to begin to see order and wonder, the Spirit of God needs to descend. Before God ever gave an order, a word, that let the skies separate among themselves, let the stars move to this place, let the sun begin to do this, as you begin to enjoy it, you need to understand that it was the Spirit of God that brought that order and wonder. And I pray in this day of Pentecost, marking the birth of the church, 
may your life begin to see order and wonder. I did not hear an amen. Now, so it still remained faceless. Though the spirit was there, but you could not see the spirit. So along in history, God decided, I myself, the second person in Trinity, the world, the eternal logos, the expression of the Father, the one that nobody knows except the Father, because Jesus said in the book of John, nobody knows the Son except the Father, and nobody knows the Father except the Son, and those the Son reveals the Father to. That one needed to step from eternity into time. Are you with me? And look at the beautiful thing that happened. Look, chapter 1, verse number 35. The Holy Spirit will come upon you because Mary has had. How can this be? Seeing that I am a virgin, how can I be conceived? Since I know no man. And the answer from Gabriel, the angel, is that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Hello? Are you here with me? So before Emmanuel, God with us, it was prophet Isaiah who said, Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. His kingdom shall be upon his shoulders. His name among the many names he will bear is that he will be many wonders. He will be chief among counselors. And among the many things God revealed to Isaiah is that Emmanuel, God will be with us. A sign will be given. What is the sign? The virgin, a virgin will conceive. And he shall give birth to a son. But before that conception can take place, look at what the beautiful thing that happened. What legitimizes that seed to be the son of God is that the Holy Spirit must overshadow you. So we see Mary, a representation of the world. A woman who could not be productive. Why? Because he needed a seed of a man. A woman whose name is the definition of Eve. The one who got blamed when sin entered the world. Mary by name. The name Mary actually means Miriam, which is a stiff neck or stubborn. The man with the womb. But the womb is not ready. The only way the womb gets ready is that the Holy Spirit must overshadow. You see, you don't understand why you are not being productive. You do not understand why you have everything it takes to move to another dimension. You do not understand why that you have a dream 
to be a better of companies, to be a better of ideas, to bring a, a whole lot of solution to Pretoria of our problems, but nothing seems to be happening. Why? Because there is something lacking. The rules of engagement still creation for order to come, for wonder to come. The Holy Spirit needs to be present. So Mary, before you can get pregnant, God, the Holy Spirit himself needs to overshadow you. So I wrote down something. Though the word is Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus is the word? Not a word, but the word of God. He is the Logos. So Jesus ontologically is the word, is God. But when he was conceived, he was not Christ. Uh-huh, see, uh-huh. What brought the conception was not the Holy Spirit. It was the spoken word. But what facilitated the conception was the Holy Spirit. So the first time the Holy Spirit came, it did not come into the womb of Mary, but it came on Mary. So that Mary became an acceptable grounds for cultivation. How many of you here, if you were a farmer or you know a farmer or you know the rules of farming, that you sow a seed without preparing the land. Before you sow a seed, you need to prepare the land. If there are weeds, you need to let go of the weeds. You need to furrow or you need to break the ground. So the Holy Spirit comes on Mary. Prepare Mary as a vessel. And now the word is spoken. And now the word takes place. And that child, when he was one minute old, or a microsecond old, in the belly of, a Ma- of Mary was Jesus, the word of God, was God. But he was not Christ. Jesus, the second person in Trinity, the one who is bringing us salvation, but he was not yet Christ. Now look at Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. His baptism. Verse number 21 and 22. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. So when you combine Luke chapter 1, verse number 35, and Luke chapter 3, verse number 21 and 22, you can safely say this. Jesus was ontologically the son of God from the moment of conception. 
but he became Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when he was baptized, he came up out of the water, he was praying, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit? The same Spirit, who in Genesis chapter 6 said, I will no more strive with man. I will no more work with man on the basis that I can. I will no more competitively wrestle with man. So I will come on them and go back to where I came from. That was the story of Abraham. That was the story of Jeremiah. That was the story of Isaiah. That was the story of uh, Joel. That was the story of Solomon. That was the story of David. None of them had the Holy Spirit 24-7. The Holy Spirit will come on them. And not even everybody was qualified to have the Holy Spirit. It was only three categories of people. Not because God liked them, but because of their office. And so there were the kings, the priests, and the prophets. Among them, the very ones who always had frequency of the Holy Spirit were the prophets. But the king needed the Holy Spirit in order to ordain him into office. The king needed the Holy Spirit for guidance. The priest needed the Holy Spirit to go through the sacrificial system. The prophet needed the Holy Spirit to say that says the Lord. But among all of them, none of them had the Holy Spirit in full measure. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit that promised, God who promised, my spirit will no more dwell or wrestle with you, now seems to say that openly, Openly, I am confirming and affirming and telling everybody in my domain that I have found a man. Come here, son. I have found a man. And God said, before he starts his work, I am giving him a thumbs up. It's like the President of the United States giving a message or confirming or affirming a candidate, and they will say something, and they will say like, I am Barack Obama. It tells you something. The president has spoken. I trust you. You are working in my cabinet. Your decisions, you wouldn't do anything against me. I trust you. So guys, when you hear this, you are not hearing an ordinary person. You are hearing me. That's why anytime any serial government make appointment, there must be a press conference. And in the press conference, you don't get a junior officer introducing them. You have the boss stand with them and their family. So the baptism was the boss God affirming God the word by allowing God the Holy Spirit, the superintendent of creation, the one who, you know, who came when there was disorder to show up in a doubt. And landed on him. And now he spoke. This is my son. Who I am well pleased. In other words. This man. With a body. With flesh. Who is one of the. Like the sons of God. In Genesis chapter 6. Who came. And disassociated themselves from heaven. Because they saw the beauties of this world. This son will not be like them. Because of this son, what I said in Genesis chapter 6 is now truncated. It will never happen again. Why? Because my spirit is on my son. Now, 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 let me break here and, and say something. How do you, why do you know? 
How do you know? Or uh, let me rephrase it. How did demons know that Jesus was God? Demons are not all knowing. They don't operate with uh, prophetic discernment. So why would they know who Jesus was? Because demons were present. When God affirmed Jesus. You see, people who operate in the power realm understand the power. Are you with me? Those who know power understand power. When a superior officer speaks, every other person wants to listen. When the Prime Minister of Australia is addressing the nation, every serious news will truncate whatever program they are doing, at times even to the displacement of uh, some ladies, home, uh, away and home. And now they will shift. Why? Because the Prime Minister of Australia, to be funny and Tasmanian, I thought that was not funny, is addressing the nation. Not only, he is not a ceremonial prime minister. He is not the queen. Ceremonial president or ceremonial head of state. He wells power. Hallelujah. He can get things done. So when heaven speaks, every entity wants to listen. So all of them were present. And now the demonic kingdom, they sent Message, EMS, WhatsApp, Viber, Instagram, Facebook, front page. God has showed up. You don't need the picture. You only need the presence. And wherever he goes, he comes with the presence and power. So anytime he enters a place and a demonic person who is controlling the place, you see, there are a whole lot of people who think they are spiritual, but they are not spiritual. So, anytime demons come to a place, they, they take dominion. They allow confusion. But when Jesus Christ comes, he comes with the presence. This is what John meant. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. All things were made by the word. Without the word was not anything made that was made. In him was life. What is the life? The life is the spirit of God. Because when man was created, man was a dust. But God breathed. God breathed into man the life. So if God comes in the form of Jesus and he comes to a place, in him was life. In him was the roar. In him was the breath of God. In him was the spirit of God. And the spirit comes into a place and it contends. And the powers don't know that there is a coup. Take over. They don't know what hit them. Then they understand, no, this power is too much. This power is not like the power that brings fear. This power is intimidating but yet loving. This power is a liberator. This power cares. This power love is so powerful it can destroy everybody. But it's so powerful it protects us. It can do whatever it wants. But this power is God. So you are Christ. The son of God. You are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the one the Holy Spirit descended on. You are the bearer of the truth. John said, I don't know who he is. 
though he is my cousin, I don't know who he is. The only thing I know is that the one who told me, the one who gave me a measure of power, he told me that the one that will hold, the Holy Spirit will descend, will come without measure. He is the one. So he can look at him and say, behold, the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Why? Because the Jesus, the son of Mary, is now the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the, the yoke breaker, the one who can cause us to move with power, with might. And all of a sudden, you see something different happening. The daughter of man who wanted when Jesus Christ the, when Jesus, the word, went to the temple at the age of 12 years to be auditioned as a man and he was arguing. He was not with them when Mary was going home and at times we forget our Jesus. At times we forget the word because we are dwelling on the letter. We are coming against churches because of the, uh, doctrinal differences. But the word itself is nothing because the word killeth her. The letter killeth her. It's the spirit that gives life. So Jesus without the unction could be turned by Mary. He told them that don't you know I must do my father's business. And Mary said you think you've grown wings. You are still my boy. You are grounded. For how long? 18 years. 18 is the number of the law. Until now Jesus Christ is anointed. And all of a sudden you see the Holy Spirit drives him. So he can say no to Mary. Whenever you are anointed by God, you do not allow humans to control you. Whenever you are anointed by God, you are not under the you know, influence of another human being. Any human being doesn't have the power to control you because nobody was created to be your superior. We were created in the image and in the likeness of God and all of us were given dominion but the reason why others can dominate and others cannot dominate is based on the measure of your understanding of the spirit at work in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory, not Jesus in me. Jesus is the word Christ is the ocean. Jesus is the son. Christ is the, is the demon chaser. I'm telling you this. So, the same power that came on Jesus, that made him fearless. Bold. Is the same power that will come on you. In other words, if Jesus didn't have excuses, you cannot have excuses. When you don't understand what you carry, you downplay yourself. You look at certain opportunities and you say, these are for the big boys. Who determines who a big person is? Who determines who has the, 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 the voice to become? It is only God. So Paul will understand this scripture. And because after Paul came, the Holy Spirit had already come on the church. The Holy Spirit had already announced when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit announced, God announced that I will be with him. So when Jesus Christ died and resurrected, God said, because of this, I gave you the Pentecost. Pentecost, the word Pentecost is 50. To be 50 is the golden age. You understand golden or 50 in Jubilee is a place that your sins are forgiven. God make you debt free. So Pentecost is a point 
that God said that you are supposed to bring a gift, but you are not rich enough. You can never give me anything. So I myself am declaring you the tree. You used to be fearful as Peter, but from today, because of the spirit, you are bolder. Hey, listen to me and listen to me well. There is nothing like graduating to the power of God. As long as you understand who you are, you can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can do. You, you ask and think of him according to the amount of his power that works in you. So now Peter doesn't need excuse to be afraid. He needs a reason to shine. So you see, in the days of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, they were gathered together in one place. Who were gathered? Men and women. Who are the men? Those who accuse women of destruction. The only entity that is permitted to influence you even more than God is female. A man with a womb. It is the only, he is the only person God created that Adam's eyes took was taken away from God into the woman. Adam was so mad after God's business that when you bring a monkey, Adam is not seeing a monkey. Adam is looking in the mind of God. And whatever God calls any animal, Adam will say, this is it. But then Adam saw Eve, and all of a sudden, Adam's antenna got switched. And all of a sudden, Adam said for one more time, I am giving you a name, whether God likes it or not. You are the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh, and you shall be called woman. And because of this, I myself am acknowledging that I will leave everything valuable to me, and I will cleave unto you. Men may be powerful, but women determine where the power flows. Men may be at the head, but women are at the neck. But all of a sudden, the division between men and women has now been broken in the upper room. Women got counted. There were 120, including women. And all of a sudden, the spirit is about to come. 120. In a room owned by a woman, not a man. I feel like preaching now. Who is this woman? This woman is a woman with every reason to hate Jesus. Why? Because I catered for you to eat. I paid for the food. And you nearly got my son killed. My son was John Mark. When you asked you were going to die, you couldn't even tell me. You allow my son to follow you. You know everything. At least you could have put the boy from harm's way. But not you. He followed you. You get caught. All your disciples, they ran away, leaving my son. And my son was grabbed. Read the story. And he walked home naked. He came crying. Mom, mom, I nearly got killed. Why? Water, water. Peter is a murderer. I saw with my eyes cutting ears. And listen, when they caught Jesus, the guy was beaten. Everybody ran away from me. Oh, so all these grown people have been feeding. 
Nobody cared for you. No. But I ran. They grabbed me. I had to run naked. Why? Because Adam knew that he was naked. And Adam was running. The only place you can run to your nakedness is the upper room. So Mary, though your son is naked, but your son is coming home. Because the Holy Spirit will come that day, in the day of Pentecost. But Mary, you need to count 50 days. 50 will give you time to reflect. In the first week, you can be still mad, but you cannot be mad forever. So though Jesus Christ has resurrected, he said the feast, the Pentecost is the feast of weeks. The only feast that God wants everybody to count. Count your blessings. Count all your pain. And now subtract. And say, if it has not been God, will you have been where you are? I know the church has not been perfect. But God has been good to you. I know the man of God disappointed you. But God has been good to you. So God will give you time between the death and the resurrection to count all his manifold wisdom. To count the many times he could have killed you. To count the many times he could have destroyed you. And he wants you. You, 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 you planted your seed. Others got their seed stolen. At least you may not have had hundredfold, but you have sixtyfold. You have 30 fold. It means you have survived. And so count. And when you count, be like Mary. And say that though you guys run away from my child, but still the upper room is there for you. Don't allow your body to deny Jesus. The joy of coming in. It's amazing now Jesus is standing at the back of our upper room. He is knocking. He doesn't want our stomach. There are two chambers in the human body. The stomach and the heart. Jesus doesn't want the stomach. He wants the upper room. Because whatever goes into the heart will not come through the canal descent. Will not come through number two. But whatever gets into your stomach will come through number two. Blessings come to your stomach. But the word goes into your heart. Your word have I hidden in my heart. So that I do not sin against you. So the upper room experience is to count your blessings and to say I'm counting. I am counting every day of my life. It has been tears but one time one day at a time sweet Jesus I remember the many times I cried but I remember the many times you came through for me. So though I don't want to go but I will go to Jerusalem why because in the Pentecost is one of the three feasts that everybody is supposed to come into the house of God. It is a, a migrant experience and Understand the world is not our destination. The world is supposed to be moving and move along. Don't allow situations or circumstances or churches that are dead to cause you to death. Somebody move on from your fears. Move on from your afflictions. Move on from your pain. And say, Jesus, I am coming to the celebration. It may have been every day the same thing. But you don't know when the glory of God will shine. All what I know is that those who wait upon me, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like that of the eagle. So today I say unto you, sons and daughters, you can be more than a moire. Once upon a time, I was a loser. I was a nobody. I couldn't speak and look people in the face. But this thing came upon me and it changed my life. It changed my destiny. It changed the what? And he changed me. I couldn't even finish my A-level proper. The reason why you are ashamed of your failures is because you are mindful you are in charge of your life. 
But when you begin to use your failures as a testimony, it means there is this power that has come upon you. This power that says that in my weakness, his strength is perfected. So my enemies laugh at me, make mockery of me, because in my shame, his glory and his clothing comes over me. The stubborn lady that God shouldn't have visited in the first place, but God is with him. Now, with her and the son, no man is mentioned, which means this woman is without a covering. God allowed the boy. You nearly died, but guess what? You made it. Your life was put at risk, but guess what? By the grace of God, you are still alive. You came home naked, but guess what? You made it. It doesn't matter what brought you to Australia, you came. Whether by boat, by birth, by plane, or on foot, you show up. Whether with a visa or without a visa, you showed up. Whether Centrelink covers you or not, you are here. Hey, you are like Mephibosheth. You may be lame, but thank God, God will not ask us to stand to it. We will sit down. Once we sit down, his clothes and his table cover my defect. Hey, 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 hey. It doesn't matter how tall you are. When you come to Champions Arena, you sit on the same chair. I don't deserve what I have. But I have it anyway. And thank God, it's you didn't promote me. He did. You don't know me. He does. So what makes you think you can destroy me? If you didn't make me. The reason why you are so much agitated, afraid, this person is not talking to me. This person is doing this. What will people think? Is because you've forgotten how you got where you are. David said and understood, when my father and mother forsake me, they should forsake me because they can't fix me. So I should not be mad at them. I should not hold growth at them. I should thank them for relinquishing their authority over me so that the one who picked nobodies can make something of me. So the upper room becomes a place of unity, a place of failures. Peter has failed because he denied Jesus. Mary, in a way, failed because he thought that Jesus was not for him. Everybody has betrayed Jesus, but all of them are in the upper room. Come on. Come on. Are you here with me? The church must be an upper room. It is a place that we need to desegregate. When you come to church, please don't come with your certificate. Otherwise, you will take the man of God to be a fool. Don't come with your profession. Because it's the hospital. Hey, hey, hey. Don't come with age restrictions. Some of the best doctors are not even 30. They are weird in a good way. I remember hmm, this Australian patient. Just come on visa. Come on visa. I went for it in US. When I was on my student's visiting. 
studying in uh, Southern Court, now Upper Cruces. And now they said they need to do medical exams. I said, don't they know I'm a prophet? They said, your prophecy doesn't enter here. So I thought, okay, I'll go with my swag as a prophet. I went and this small girl, small girl, telling a prophet to strip. What do they call it? Strip. Hey. Now a prophet. You want a visa or not? So you see me with all my prophetic mantle stripping for common visa. But guess what? I made it. I don't know whether he li- she likes what she saw or not. But thank God, if I didn't tell you, you didn't know. So we are here. We have so many experiences, but in the upper room, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people think they know about you. Let them make fun of you. It's their business. Guess what? I made it. Hey! Why? Because in the upper room, we need to understand if there is one thing we must agree, you are a mess. I'm a mess. The problem is you think I'm more messy than you. But I define what mess is. The pain you may be able to deal with, I can't. So it's not about who is more messier. It's not about who is more of a sinner. All have sinned. I kill. You gossip. Who is a killer? A sinner. Who is a gossiper? A sinner. I don't love God. You are self-righteous. You go to prayer and you pray. When you are by yourself, you are praying. Immediately you see people. Shut up! You don't pray to men. You pray to God. So you call me a sinner, but you are a hypocrite. So in the upper room, it's a place of the gathering of sinners whose destiny is about to be changed. By the grace of the only specialist for chaos. And they were 120. Why 120? Because God said, because my spirit will no more dwell with men, there shall be 120. In Genesis chapter 6. So God said, I need 120 souls. And this will be my form of recreation. A point in life that I will not judge man based on what the man does, but based on what I did. So I'm shifting the whole thing. The enemy thought he was using me against me, using you against me. But guess what? I will use you in spite of. The more the enemy mess you, the more you are qualified for it. The more you fail, the more you are successful. Paul said, for grace to abound, there must be sin. So what you think disqualifies you actually qualifies you. Because that place is a place of losers who have rebelled against God, but they are one and they are praying to God. Praying for your mercy. Mercy. Your grace. I pray that GPM will not be a church where we begin to compare our strength. But a church where we understand 
for all have sinned and fall short of the glory. You do not come to church for a perfect man to pray to you. You come to a church for a man who does not qualify to be called by grace. And this man is an example that if God can use somebody like me, he can certainly use you. If God can touch my life, he can touch your life. If God did it for me then, and he's the same yesterday, today and forever, he will do it for you now. So in the day of Pentecost, whilst others were celebrating, thank God there were many people in town. In our own destiny, the whole Fairfield Council is here. They are doing our roads. It's a prophetic. They are making the road straight. You see, God said, in a season like this, you can't beautify your building whilst you are in purpose. You are not in Africa. It is only in Africa that somebody will get a Bugatti. Ferrari. Build a white house in debt. You have enough money to buy this car. At least tie them. Are you here? So God said, when you are beautifying, the whole Fairfield Council will be doing your way. When I was coming, I was thinking, what a son of the, the devil. Look at what they are doing. The devil is against us. God said, no, no, no. This is an opportunity for you to know that they are there preparing the way for you. Because in the Pentecost, all kinds of people had come to town. All kinds of people were there. All kinds of people were there. And these people they used to call weird. These people who were denying Jesus. These people whose leader will ultimately be defeated by a little girl have now gathered somewhere in a corner. It wasn't one of the best churches. It was a church that everybody looked upon. But it's the place that God will come. I came here to tell you, in Australia, if there is one place God is going, it will be here. Why? Because you are here. Why? Because I am here. Why? Because we are a mess. That's why we need him more. The more I mess up, the more I need his grace. With one accord praying. And then all of a sudden, boom! A mighty wind displayed. This is my son. This is my church. And guess what? The Holy Spirit came to do two things. To empower. Say to empower. First of all, to empower. To give them power. To give them strength. To grant them the ability. To give them the divine breath. Secondly, they will carry his presence, his spirit. How do I know God is here? Because I'm here. I do not walk alone. This Jesus I work for serve, when he called me, understand, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And guess what? I'm stupid enough to believe it. So how do I know God is here? Let me tell you, because you are here. Why? Because I know he loves you. Some of you, when you started coming, you were looking around these weird people. Now you are one of the weird. People, a young man will be preaching, but calling myself young. Yes. Divided by three. So I'm more less than Toriko. Hallelujah. Amen. 
will be preaching. Others will be shouting and you are looking around. Now at times, though you don't raise your hand, you, you, your heart. The madness is coming small, small. It doesn't come big old. And now your children are also here. They go through the house preaching, yelling, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. I saw one of them singing. It's a new season. I'm not so much into the singing than what he was wearing singing. Isn't this God good? They used to do all the Beyonce thing. Now they are doing all the Vivian thing and the Brian thing. And the, this God is amazing. I mean, this God, I, I, I don't understand him. Who is this God? Who is he to love us this much? To pick us from nowhere? Brought us this far? And his power is over. Pentecost is a season of empowerment where ordinary people is now wired, poised to do extraordinary things. So after Pentecost, two dudes, that's weird, in the hour of playing, praying, going to pray. And somebody who has been doing what they've been doing for 40 years, these are the land, give us money. Silver and gold, we do not have. Men of confidence admit their limitations. But they project also what they have. So you can't tell me to shut up on my gifts. I may not have certificates, but boy, I have got power. And thank God, in times of problem, you are not after qualification. You are after who can do the job. There are a whole lot of theologians who don't know one verse in the Bible. They have to bring their encyclopedia. I don't know it. You have power. So then God, I don't have. What I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. This is power. This is power. So I see somebody going in your nursing field. They want to fire you. And you tell them, I don't have anybody to speak to me for me. But in the name of Jesus, you will go before me. My God, my God, my God, my God. Why? Because, listen, one day you will be working for me. I'm telling you. Somebody will say, I don't want you no more. I don't want you no more. Thank God somebody's rejected is somebody's trophy. Ah! I love this God. David said, when I became a reject of my mama and my father, God took me to be the stone who is now the king of my mother and father. As long as you are your mother and father's God, you can never be their king. So rejection is an opportunity for those who come to you to come knowing that they did not make you. People don't reject you because you are inferior. They reject you because somewhere, somehow, there is something in you that intimidates them, but they are not humble enough to admit. The reason why I treat everybody with decorum is because the same God who made something out of my life, if I try to turn against them, may use them to shame me. That's why I respect everybody. And I came here to tell you, there will never be a day